Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast Weekly Preview Edition. I am your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF. And back to join me once again, Kate the Great Maju. Kate, Thanksgiving schedules caused us to miss a week here, but we're back up and ready to roll for week 13. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. I ate. I'm actually just finally not stuffed anymore. This is the first day I've I've really recovered from my Thanksgiving dinner. But unfortunately, as soon as I recover from Thanksgiving... Uh, the NFL scheduling gods want to bestow a whole lot of punishment on us to to for all the bad things we did last week. And we have six teams on by, John. Like it's yeah, this is gonna be an ugly, uh, nitty-gritty week. We've got like some very fantasy relevant teams on a buy, not just like your your run-of-the-mill, you know, whoever. Like we're talking, we're talking some some pretty significant teams. So we're going to have to help out our listeners in a whole new way um, and really make up for this. We've got the Bills, Bears, Raiders, Vikings, Giants, and Ravens on by. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, it's going to be messy for sure. Like you said, I mean, there's there's a lot of fantasy options on a bye week this week that are good ones too, like you said. And there's matchups that I just like, there's some that I just really don't like this week for some of our fantasy starters. And it's going to be hard to sit them depending on what your roster looks like, given the, the bye weeks and, and injuries and everything like that. So it's going to be uh, an interesting week. They, the NFL schedule makers couldn't have timed it better here in the, the second to last week of the fantasy regular season as well. So like these are crucial, crucial matchups um, for, for fantasy gamers. Uh, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll try to get through it. We'll, we'll find some matchups that we like and hopefully help people set lineups and, uh, and get ready for this week. But yeah, we're going to go game by game. Um, we'll hit on all of our key matchups and players. And uh, yeah, I'll add the timestamps in the episode description as usual as well. So people can find the games we're looking for. Um, yeah. Other than that, we'll give a quick shout out here to our presenting sponsor, uh, Fabric by Gerber Life. As a parent, you've had to learn so many new skills to provide for your family, how to do copious amounts of laundry, meal plan for even the pickiest eater, and now how to protect your family's financial future. Fabric by Gerber Life provides an easy one-stop shop for your family's financial needs, offering high-quality term life insurance policies plus other financial solutions in one easy online hub. Fabric was designed by Parents for Parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy, M-E-E-T fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, Kate, let's start things off with Thursday Night Football, as we always do here. It is the Seattle Seahawks at the Dallas Cowboys. Both teams played on Thanksgiving this past week, so regular week for them. Um, They don't necessarily have the true short week, so that kind of helps here. But uh, where do you want to start with these uh, with with either of these two teams? Let's start uh, like easy peasy, right? Let's start with the Dallas Cowboys, who have been red hot on offense not a ton of question marks here in terms of, of play. You're playing CD lamb. You're playing Dak Prescott. Uh, my only two questions on this roster, you're, you're obviously playing Tony Pollard. 
How how much do you trust Brandon Cooks at this point? And what is your level of trust for Jake Ferguson? Because I feel like it's either going to be one or the other for these two guys. I don't know if there's enough room in this matchup for everybody to eat. Uh, you know, we're not getting another matchup against the the Washington commanders this week. We're, we're going to come back down to earth a little bit. Which of these would you prefer and, and who's it going to be this week? I think if I have to pick one, it's probably Jake Ferguson for me this week. I mean, I, I know it's been a little quieter recently just because those end zone targets haven't been there for, for a couple of weeks now. So I, I think those are going to come back um, down. Like the, the, he still is a part of that offense in the red zone, in the end zone as well. So I think he's going to get back in the end zone at some point here soon, um, potentially this, this week, but uh, I, the snaps are there for him around 85% of snaps or so. Um, uh, since you know recently and then yeah brandon cooks I, I don't mind it's not like i hate brandon cooks this week but i think just picking one or the other i'm probably going jake ferguson this week i think it's fair i do want to caution fantasy managers in general i do i worry a little bit about the overall ceiling for jake ferguson and i think the floor could be a little bit lower than usual uh just given the matchup against the seahawks 12th fewest fantasy points to tight ends this season and they've allowed just one single receiving touchdown to tight ends this year maybe jake ferguson will be their second um but just to this point in the season hasn't been an overly fruitful matchup for opposing tight ends yeah. so you know, take that for what you will. Now, on the other side of the ball, I think we have a lot more questions. Uh, Geno Smith been hugely disappointing for fantasy football this year. We've seen lots of ups and downs, mostly downs for DK Metcalf. Like this has felt like a very volatile offense. You have Zach Charbonnet, uh, who I, I think is set to get another start here. Um, but, you know, we have a pretty tough matchup against the the Dallas Cowboys on all fronts. Who can you actually start in this matchup from the Seattle Seahawks offense? Yeah, uh, it's it's on the fringes here for me with with a lot of these guys. I think I feel pretty good about not pretty good, but I feel fine about DK Metcalf. Uh, I'd put him in the lineup just for for overall volume. Right. I know Dallas's defense, one of the best in the league, another one of those like high end. Uh, manned coverage units as well. But DK Metcalf has earned a 32% target rate when facing man coverage this year. Hasn't been like overly efficient with those opportunities necessarily, but you, you're, you're trusting the volume, I think, with him. Whereas like guys like Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba haven't had that kind of success um, against man coverage. And this being one of the better man coverage teams in the league, uh, Dallas, I, I would be kind of avoiding those two wide receivers if I can. And like you said, Zach Charbonnet, he's another one that's like right on the fringe with me. Like it sucks the timing for him getting the, this RB1 role here in Seattle, right? Had to play Cleveland uh, or played San Francisco last week, right? And then now has to play Dallas, some, you know, really tough defenses um, to, to run against. And uh, the volume is going to be there for him. I know he finished as I think like PPR RB30 last week, I think it was. But 87% of snaps, 78% of the rush attempts, you just bank on that volume again and hope that, you know, he could break off a few nice runs. But don't feel great about it. Probably like low-end RB2 at the best for me. Um, Zach Charbonnet and, and, yeah, Metcalf, I feel I'm fine starting as well as like a wide receiver too as well. Yeah, I think just generally speaking, tempering expectations for this offense in general, given the matchup. Uh, but Definitely. I think, you know, especially this week with the buys, it's a lot harder to sit these guys 
Uh, I, I think you just have to go into it with these expectations that they might not have their season best performance. Uh, and you might need to go with some higher upside options in the flex if you do need to rely on them here in week 13. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, other than that, I mean, anything else from from this game Thursday night or want to move on? Let's move on. Let's keep let's, do let's it. keep rolling. Yes. Uh, Atlanta Falcons at the New York Jets is next up. And but we'll keep it simple again here. We'll we'll start with the Jets offense because um not a very good offense, offense, obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there a Jets offense to it's talk not, about? I don't know. It's it's non-existent. It, it's really brutal. And look, we're we're gonna get Tim Boyle at quarterback again, I think. And that that's really what hurts the team here. I mean, we'll see what happens. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, the practice window's open and and maybe, maybe he he becomes uh, a startable quarterback here in, in the next few weeks. But I think it's really just Brees Hall. And Garrett Wilson for me, Garrett Wilson, again, just for volume purposes only, he's, he's he hasn't seen a target share lower than 25% all year. Um, and, and the lowest that it was, was 25%, which was last week with Tim Boyle at quarterback. So I think Garrett Wilson for just for volume and, and the same thing with Brees Hall as well. Like again, Brees Hall is a tough one to sit, but the Jets, they just don't have those opportunities around the goal line, right? They're 28th in goal to go snaps this year, which is 29. Um, they've run on just 11 of those opportunities, which is tied for the lowest uh, in the league with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So yeah, it, it's, it's a rough matchup. 31st most fantasy points per game to the running back position Atlanta as well. So second fewest that is. Um, so it's not a great matchup. How are you feeling about the Jets offense? Uh yeah, I, I think you kind of summed it all up there. You you go with Garrett Wilson, um, albeit like if you're in a, a standard league, I don't necessarily know that yeah. you need to start either of these guys, which sure. feels uh, blasphemous considering the talent. But, uh, you know, you mentioned the Falcons along the, the second fewest fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Um, they've been solid against the run, and I, I just don't see a ton of offensive yardage in the cards for them this week. Um, maybe we'll have a Trevor Simeon sighting, which I think might not be a bad thing at this point. Maybe we'll have a Zach Wilson sighting, which might not be a bad thing at this point. Like it's bad when you're watching the game and you're thinking like, boy, I wish I was watching Zach Wilson. That's how bad it was. Um, so like full PPR formats. Yes. You're starting both of these guys, but if you're in a standard league where you are not getting points per reception, Mm. you can consider sitting them depending on your other options. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. Yeah, we sh- that's that's a really good call out there because yeah, the 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 points per reception definitely helps kind of keep these guys afloat because of the targets. Um, but yeah, it's such a bad offense that it is so hard to trust anybody in there. Um, another offense uh, also can be hard to trust here is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, anybody that you want to start with on uh, on the Atlanta side of the ball? You're starting Bijan Robinson. That's yeah. that's where we can start. I mean. <laughs> So look, we had a very rough start to the season for Bijan Robinson. It was it was very tough sledding to start the mm-hmm. year, but we're finally starting to see the volume. We've had back-to-back weeks with 19 plus uh touches. We've had uh back-to-back RB, you know, RB1 top 12 running back performances in fantasy. You you start Bijan. Um Jets have not been like overly suffocating to the run. Um, that's probably their like one area of kind yeah. of weakness. Like if you had to say a weakness, uh, that's probably it. Um, and that's where they're going to be most vulnerable, but the pass attack, I'm a little bit worried about for this team, Desmond Ritter, uh, you know, can he 
trustworthy? Can he be trustworthy to to get the ball in the hands of Drake London, Kyle Pitts? I'm not starting any of these receiving options if I have better better pivots at this point because I do think the Jets, um, you know, for for as many struggles as they have on offense. They they can work things out on defense. DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner, it, just an incredible one-two punch that I think is going to be all over this struggling pass attack. Yeah, this is a, a really rough matchup for, for Drake London, unfortunately. Like you said, Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed are two of our top 10 greatest corners in the league um, this year. This year, So it, that makes it even harder. Um, the Jets' defensive line, decent at, at creating pressure as well. So that, that becomes a problem. Then you add in Desmond Ritter to the fact that, and it's just, it, it, there's just, I don't know that the volume is going to be there necessarily for Drake London. We may very well see um, the the Falcons lean on the run a little bit here, especially if the Jets offense doesn't do anything and the Falcons come out with a lead. Like there, there's just not going to be a reason for them to pass the ball. They already are looking for any excuse to run it. So I'm with you. I think it's Bijan Robinson. I I'm avoiding Drake London. If you can, again, it's, it's a harder week to do that, but um and then Kyle Pitts, I mean, th- this is an- another one. I think even Nate wrote about him in, in start sit this week. Put him as a sit. He has him outside of the top 12 uh, tight ends this week. So it- it's just, it's hard to trust these guys. I would not be um, putting them in lineups if I could afford it. It's basically just Bijan for me. Yeah, this is going to be a matchup where I am trying to avoid as many of these fantasy assets uh, as possible. Both sides of the ball. Uh, for fantasy managers out there watching, uh, you're trying to pick like which games you're going to pay the most attention to. I'd say we could probably put this game on the back burner. I think that's a probably a safe bet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's head to the Arizona Cardinals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kate, it's your Pittsburgh Steelers. They are back. Where do you want to start um, with with this one? Let's start with the Steelers. Why not? Right. I've got my terrible towel hanging in back of me um, <laughs> and Matt Canada. Hear ye, hear ye. He is no longer. Uh, I think this is going to be, um, you know, a, a nice, a nice telling game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's going to be a really nice get right game. Yeah. The Bengals defense who, you know, didn't pose a huge threat in, in week 12. Well, take that and multiply it by like a million for the Arizona Cardinals. I think this is going to be a, a, a matchup where you can maybe consider grossly starting Kenny Pickett. If you are in a dire case of emergency at quarterback, um, you know, he's still, uh, still struggling, right? Didn't throw any passing touchdowns last week, but uh, in the first game without Matt Canada through the second highest passing total of his career, um, would have had one passing touchdown had the the Steelers challenged uh, the you know quote unquote Deontay Johnson drop. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just in general, like this this defensive matchup against the the Cardinals is going to be a fruitful one for pretty much everybody involved. You had um, you know finally for the first time this season you had uh, Jalen Warren uh, out touch Najee Harris in yeah. a game. Now it didn't it didn't work out like we we expected it to probably like it was Najee Harris that had the good game, but um, this is just generally in an offense that's trending up and, and seems to be in a very different spot than it was just two weeks ago. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Right. And um, I I think like, like you said, Jalen Warren got more touches last week, um, but I I feel fine kind of starting 
both of the running backs this week because it's against the Cardinals who have given up the second most fantasy points to running backs. And um, look, Najee, he's still involved, right? He's still getting the goal line work, even though there isn't much to begin with. Um, <laughs> there might <laughs> like be said, more to come. We didn't, there might yeah, be. Like, yeah. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I said, like Pittsburgh, I think they've yeah, run the fewest amount of goal to go snaps in the league so far, but Najee Harris also having a career year in, in a lot of um, rushing metrics as well. Yards per carry, yards after contact per attempt, explosive run rate, all at a career high for him. Um, and like you said, Jalen Warren as well has been has been really solid o- over the past few weeks. And, and I think he's he's a decent play this week as well. Um, how about uh, on the receiving end of things? Uh, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, obviously. We saw Pat Frymuth have that big week this past week um, where he had like a 48% target rate, 35% target share, um, and and I think 11 catches for 120 yards. So how are you feeling about Pat Fryermuth um, going forward? I'm feeling good. So here's here's the thing. Like prior to, I know obviously I, I'm not expecting a near 50% target rate for Pat Fryermuth in, in most weeks. Uh, that part is the anomaly. But I think what we saw that is not an anomaly from this team in week 12 was targeting the middle of the field, which they had not done to this point in the season. Um, Though I, again, don't expect that super high target rate. The fact that they were targeting the middle of the field at all was a huge step in the right direction toward getting some consistent involvement from Pat Fryermuth to opening things up a little bit for the rest of the offense. Like for most of the season, it's, it's kind of been targets to the outside targets along the sideline. And that's pretty much it, which, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a, a defense, uh, you know, you knew exactly where the, the Steelers were going to be throwing. It was like in the flat, it was on the side, like it, you knew exactly where those targets were going, but you know, the, the sheer threat of targeting that middle of the field, um, and the level of production they saw when Kenny Pickett did it, um, uh, I think you, you start them. I'm actually in, maybe this is, uh, a product of my fandom. I don't think it is. I, I think it's more the the fruitful matchup here, but I'm fine starting Laporta or not Laporta. Oh my gosh. Friermuth. I am fine <laughs> starting George Pickens. I am fine starting Deontay Johnson. There's probably not going to be enough offense to go around for all of these guys, but I do think that generally speaking, considering the the Cardinals strengths, they've, uh, they're giving up the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks, second most fantasy points to running backs. They're fine against wide receivers. Like this is a perfect matchup. If, if this whole offense is going to click, it should be against this Cardinals defense. Yeah, I, I like it. And I'm I'm with you there. I, I think you definitely start Pat Fryermuth, especially after what we saw last week. Going to be hard to bench him based on that. And then, yeah, Deontay Johnson, I, I still feel best about him among wide receivers, but there's a definitely room there for, for um, George Pickens to do some damage as well. It only takes one or two big plays for him anyways. Um, so, yeah, I, the feeling optimistic about the the Steelers offense and uh, yeah unfortunately comes at the cost of Matt Canada's job but you know we got to do what we got to do to survive here in fantasy land um how about on the Arizona side of things and I kind of want to start with uh Marquise Brown so I know I'm probably kind of an outlier here for, for Marquise Brown this week. Um, because I, I don't think a lot of people have him very high or, or are interested in starting him, but I feel okay about him just as far as like, um, 
opportunity goes and playing against one of these man heavy defenses in Pittsburgh. I wrote about him in the man coverage report, um, but the Steelers have earned a, just a 48.4 team coverage grade while in man coverage. That's 28th in the league. Um, they've also allowed an explosive play rate of 19%, 14.4 yards per reception in man coverages uh, in man coverage coverage as well both are though both of those are bottom five marks and Marquise Brown is the sixth best receiving grade uh, uh, among um, wide receivers against man coverage this season so uh, I feel pretty good about him he's managed 0.57 fantasy points per route run versus man that's seventh among wide receivers so um I think he's in a good spot here to produce. Like if I have to trust somebody on the Arizona offense this week, I know the Steelers are still a very good defense, but I don't hate Marquise Brown um, and, and kind of like him in that, that wide receiver two range, at least for me this week. How about you? No, I think so. I'm kind of at a point where I don't exactly know what to trust with this Arizona Cardinals offense. Um, especially, you know, it's, it's a road game. We have, we had a few players uh, pop up on the injury report, uh, for the Cardinals that like could could shake things up a little bit. Marquise Brown was one of them. Um, yeah. So was Trey McBride. So was Michael Wilson, who's missed time. Like if if we have Michael Wilson still out, you know, I don't, I don't know about Marquise Brown, but like there could be plenty of volume here to go around for Marquise Brown if he enters this game healthy. Um, my only question mark, and this has kind of been one that's like plagued the Steelers defense all season has been health. Uh, and this could be the first matchup that you see pretty much, you know, all of their top defensive players healthy in the lineup at the same time. So uh, all pro safety, Minka Fitzpatrick, probably going to be returning to the lineup this week. Um, he, TJ Watt, uh, Cam Hayward, Alex Highsmith, they have not played many few snaps or very few snaps all together as a unit yeah. um, just because of the fact that they've all had various injuries that have kept them off the field at, at various times. But this might be our first opportunity to see all of them together. Um, you know, Cam Hayward obviously gets some, some improvement against the run. Joey Porter jr. Been, been playing very well um, at, at the cornerback position, make a Fitzpatrick there to, to make some splash plays as the free safety. Like, this could be a different Steelers offense, but if they play similarly to they the way that they have in, in weeks prior, there's going to be plenty of yardage to give up uh, in, in this game. Maybe not a ton of scoring, but yardage they've given up plenty, and that could be maybe the missing piece here for mm -hmm. Marquise Brown and, and could be the answer for those wondering if they could, they could trust the matchup. Yeah, that's that's a good call. And then Marquise Brown, like you said, he didn't practice on Wednesday. I don't think we got a Thursday practice report yet. That's usually a little bit later than uh, being in the 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 later time zone, but it, dealing with a heel injury, I think it was. So still questionable. And then, like you said, Trey McBride questionable with a groin injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday Wednesday either. Um, yeah, there there's definitely injuries here to kind of keep in mind. But um, the only other piece really of this Arizona offense to think about it would be James Conner, I guess, right? Who's disappointed a little bit here since since coming back and um, played a pretty low 39% of snaps last week, just the 43% um, of of rushing attempts as well. So not ideal usage right now for for uh, James Conner. And like you said, that Steelers defense could be much improved this week even without like even with the injuries to their linebacker position too like a landon roberts has been pretty solid um even going to an every down role now um how do you feel about putting james connor in a lineup this week 
I think from a volume perspective, it like you you should probably not lean away from James Conner given the the number of assets that are are out on buy, et cetera. Um, but you know, I do have this thing. So I I'm curious, John, how much stock, if any, do you put in in the revenge game narrative in um like homecoming game narratives? Cause this is going to be the first time a that James Conner plays the Pittsburgh Steelers since he left the franchise. This will also be the first time that he's returned to Pittsburgh since he left the franchise. Uh, you know, the, the, the pit stadium, he, he was a pit Panther. That's like his home. He's a Pittsburgh boy. Uh, and he's returning home for the first time. I like that kid has a lot of heart. He plays with yeah. a lot of heart. Um, and you know, a, a lot of that lack of production, it's either come on the back of, um, you know, a, a low carry volume or, you know, a lack of touchdown scoring. I don't know if either of those will be necessarily remedied, but I could picture this being a, a relatively close game. Um, and I think that like, boy, he's gonna, he's gonna want to show out for his hometown crowd. There's going to be a lot of emotions. I, I think, you know, returning to the the field he called home for so many years and I don't know how much stock you put into it but like I I'm feeling this sort of this narrative and I don't even know if it's a revenge game narrative just because of the James Conner story but like it just feels like there's going to be a lot there the intangibles but the tangibles would tell you it's not going to be a very good day for James Conner. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I am all about the revenge game narrative. I, I love that. Um, whenever we can get that in there, and and you know, potentially see some reason for for optimism here, and but at least for like any time touchdown purposes, maybe I think that we could possibly see them try to get James Connor in the end zone if they can get to that point, right? Like, like you said, the tangibles, the the offensive line for the Cardinals, for example, has been really poor. Like they they are struggling to run block for him and that's kind of hurt his his efficiency and his effectiveness here and the Steelers obviously still being one of those better um defenses as well so that that's the part that's going to be a struggle but hopefully yeah like you said from a volume perspective there's going to be the opportunity for him yeah and maybe he does play a little bit harder uh works a little bit more and fights for those extra inches to, to potentially get in the end zone this week against his former team um and in that former stadium so yeah i like it i, I don't mind that at all all right I, I again this might be like one more of a heart play but i don't know sometimes there's sometimes there's yeah. there's real i i don't know we need some sort of pff um <laughs> you know revenge game rating or pff sure. uh emotional game rating i i don't know we'll we'll talk to our our <laughs> you know, very scientific team about the, the inner workings of what that metric might compose, but whatever that rating is, I feel like it's going to be off the charts for, for, you know, at, at least James Connor and me, you know, 13. I like it. Yeah. We'll get uh Timo and the, the data sciences science team uh, to, to work on that this off season, see if we can find some kind of <laughs> metric uh, to show revenge game narratives and, and emotion rating, like you said, because yes. there's, there is, there is absolutely a human element to it as well, right. That we can't factor in and uh, there, there could be potential there. Um, all right, let's go to the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans and I guess we'll start with the Titans offense here um, because it is, uh, again, pretty straightforward, right? Like we're starting Derrick Henry. We're starting DeAndre Hopkins. Um, the interesting thing this week 
is that the the Colts are giving up the sec- seventh most fantasy points per game to the tight end position. I know Thomas uh, Valentine wrote up um, Chico Conquo as a sleeper tight end this week. I know Nate put him in the, the waiver wire article this past week as well, just because of a favorable schedule. We've seen some decent target rates at least the past three weeks for Chico Conquo, 21%, 25%, 31%. Um, but that's only ended up being five, two and five targets because his playing time is so low. And that is the biggest issue with Chico Conquo. So as far as deep sleepers go, that he's probably the only one really worth talking about. Anybody else on Tennessee for you? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like, I, I appreciate the, um, you know, the, the deep play, the, the sure. deep sleeper potential here. Um, but I mean, beyond deep, it's really hard to fathom a, a role for Chigakonkwo at this point. He's, uh, you know, still seeking his first touchdown of the year. Like there's not a lot that's, that's gone his way in terms of fantasy, either from a volume perspective or from an efficiency perspective, um, so like you gotta be really desperate in, in the ranks there, but I, I feel it. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't think there's, there's a lot to talk about for this Tennessee Titans team. Yeah, there, there's really not. And yeah, the Chico Conquo one, hopefully it's like for, for rosters that have like Dalton Kincaid and Isaiah likely and Cole Komet and TJ Hawkinson as their other tight ends <laughs> yes. uh, that are just all on bye week this week. And that's, that's the the route you have to go, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, how about on the Carol or the Indianapolis side of things? Um, Jonathan Taylor is considered doubtful. It doesn't sound like he'll play um, there. He's listed doubtful. He's expected to be out. Um, I, I guess two to three weeks they said, but from the sounds of it, that might be optimistic. So that only means that Zach Moss season is back on. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, <laughs> yes, obviously we have to talk about Zach Moss, uh, who I think is a top 10 play pretty easily this week against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Um, I, I don't need to remind you uh, of his first meeting with the Titans, but I'm gonna. Uh, Zach Moss, he doesn't care about like unfavorable matchups. The Titans haven't been you know, a matchup that you're necessarily looking to target for opposing running backs, but Zach Moss doesn't care. He's just good. I, I don't know what to tell you guys. Posted a career high 32 and a half fantasy points in their first game uh, meeting, you know, this Titans defense earlier this year. The Colts, they rank 10th highest run play percentage in the league. This is going to be a, a delicious matchup. Zach Moss, like, period. He's a good running back. He's ranked top 12 in misforced tackle rate, yards after contact per attempt, explosive runs, like, I think you have to find a way to get Zach Moss in your lineup. Uh, no questions asked. Yeah, he's uh, he's just definitely a smash start this week. And yeah, look, you look at the games too, without Jonathan Taylor earlier this season, weeks two to four, played 98% of snaps that first week, 76, 81% after that. But then like 86% of carries in two games, 64% of carries in the other. Like there, there's no concerns here about Zach Moss's workload. We kind of have already a template of what that's going to look like. So really encouraging stuff there for Zach Moss. And like you said, that, that matchup against the Titans already has did delivered for him so um feel good about starting him feel good about starting michael Pittman. zero interest in their tight ends um the other player is josh downs i think is interesting so uh, nick bodiford wrote him up in the wide receiver cornerback matchup this week but 
I really like Josh Downs. I, I mean, we saw him get his snap share back up to that 80% range, which um, coming out of the bye week as well, it was down lower than that because he was dealing with the injury, but seems like he's healthy. And with that 80% snap range that we saw last week, it came with a 33% target uh, rate and a 32% target share as well. So I think encouraging stuff there for Josh Downs, who should see a lot of Roger McCreary this week, um, who has a 63.9 PFF coverage grade as well. So um, yeah, I, I, how do you feel about Josh Downs? I like Josh Downs a lot. Uh, their first meeting this year, six receptions, 97 receiving yards. Um, you mentioned the snap counts coming back from injury. It does seem like he's finally approaching that, that number where you can feel much more comfortable, um, in this Titan secondary, allowing, uh, plenty of production to opposing wide receivers, eighth most fantasy points per game. Um, this I I think is a, a prime position, especially with him being healthy to take advantage of. Love it. Nice. Anybody else on Indianapolis for you or. Nah. Nah. <laughs> All right, let's let's go to uh the Denver Broncos at the Houston Texans. Um Kate, I know you wrote about uh the Devin Singletary Damian Pierce um backfield splits last week um in your running back touches report. So, um you want to start with uh, with those two running backs? Yeah, let's do it. We look at, you know, the the most notable fantasy, you know, takeaways for running backs every single week in my rushes and touches report, Damian Pierce, uh, you know, returned from injury. He played a season low, 18% of snaps in his return, um, had just one fewer carry than Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary had just six on the day. Um, but like there is a monstrous split in their snap share, uh, that should, I think have fantasy managers going back to Devin Singletary this week. Um, played 82% of snaps in Pierce's return, ran 35 total routes, targeted on 20% of them. I, I think this is a, a very fine matchup for Devin Singletary. Um, and again, with that snap share, not looking to target Damian Pierce at this time, but the Broncos are allowing the most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. I'm all over Devin Singletary. And I, I think... You know, I, I want to encourage everybody who might be nervous after seeing that that six rush attempt total last week to sneak him back into your lineup because I think it's going to be a good day. Yeah, I, I think that's a great call because definitely an important one to write about because, like you said, if you just looked at the box the box score, you'd think it was a fairly even split, but. Like Devin Singletary staying above that 80% snap share, um, yes. which he had been without Damian Pierce was was a, such a big part of um why we like him going forward and and a nice kind of hidden number, I guess, in why we should trust him, especially this week, right? So still getting the goal line work too, Singletary is as well as the passing down opportunities. So there's just a lot to like here. And then you you add in the matchup as well that give uh, the Broncos giving up the most points to fantasy running back. So um yeah, really like uh Devin Singletary as well this week. Um other than that, I mean Tank Dell, Nico Collins, I I feel like these guys have kind of locked themselves into potentially just like starts top 15 like wide receivers the two of them they've been so good um robert woods we we saw him out there last week he had a fine day is relatively um to, to what he's done but his playing time's actually been cut down as well noah brown could be back this week too so it's basically tank Dell, nico collins and the only other thing too so dalton schultz 
dealing with a hamstring injury, only played 48% of snaps last week, um, didn't practice on Wednesday. It doesn't look like he's practicing today either. So this is a problem because this is a great matchup for him. Um, the Broncos also given up the most fantasy points per game to tight ends. This sucks. Um, if Dalton Schultz plays, I, I'm probably starting him just because of the matchup, but it is trending in the wrong direction for sure. Trending in the wrong direction, but you know who's not trending in the wrong direction? It's Brevin Jordan. Um, True. Like it, you look at Brevin Jordan, you look at Dalton Schultz. Um, yes, like I, I think the the hamstring injury probably you know factored into that a little bit, but we've seen Dalton Schultz uh, route participation decrease in each of the last three weeks. So this is not like a one-off situation. Jordan, meanwhile, ran a season high 19 routes, um, only had one target on the day, but there wasn't really much opportunity for either of these guys. The Broncos are allowing a league high 13.4 fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends this season. So if, you know, if we're looking at a potential absence for Dalton Schultz, I think you find a way to, to get Brevin Jordan into your lineup. Um, you know, he's probably going to be on your waivers. Uh, and, you know, given the the teams we've got on by, um, I, I think you could potentially have a top 10 tight end land in your lap um, just days out from week 13 kickoff. I like it. Yeah, I've uh, I've got Dalton Schultz in a few places and I'm pretty concerned. So I would definitely be going out to add uh, Brevin Jordan if possible. Um, and he should be available even in deeper leagues like Brevin Jordan is not somebody that is highly rostered here. So um, that is pretty much the Texans. Obviously, we still love CJ Stroud as well. But how about on the Denver side of things for you? A few different uh, pieces to talk about, I guess, here. But anyone you want to start specifically for um, the Denver Broncos? Uh, you know, I'm not really high on the Broncos offense mm-hmm. in general this week. Not, not a huge fan of like the, the game script that I'm projecting here. Not a huge fan of the matchup who against the Texans who, uh, they've allowed some, some rushing touchdowns, uh, this year, but kind of been a, a stingy matchup in terms of efficiency against opposing running backs. Um, you know, even though they're kind of middle of the pack in terms of, of fantasy points per game. I just don't really see this being a huge fruitful opportunity for any of them. And, you know, I don't know, watching this team, they look better than they did last year, but you also look at some of these freak catches like circus catches who that just somehow end up being caught for touchdowns, um, which under most circumstances in the league would never happen. Um, I feel like we've, we've seen a lot of like really lucky plays for this team. And I do think that this, the surging Texans, you know, defense, their offense, this entire team is clicking. I'm not sure that I'm really like all that excited. You know, I I think you can start Russell Wilson. If you're in a bind, I think you can start Cortland Sutton. If you're in a bind uh, just on the off chance that he has a touchdown, but I'm not all that excited about any of these guys heading into week 13. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think like Javante Williams is is probably still starting for me. I, I like his opportunity there. And I feel like the Broncos offensive line has at least done a good job run blocking. They they have the seven, uh, the fourth best run blocking grade so far this year, as far as offensive lines go. Um, they're generating 1.4 rushing yards before contact per attempt tied for sixth best. Um, but like you said, Houston, like given up, I think the third fewest yards 
per attempt. Yeah, third fewest, uh, 3.8 yards per attempt allowed um, uh, this season, the, the the Houston Texans. So like you said, stingy as far as that goes. But I think Javante Williams, more so the, the volume as well for him. Like he played 71% of offensive snaps this past week, which was nice to see. That was a season high for him. So hopefully something um, th- that can that can continue here this week. And then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Cortland Sutton, I- I'm fine with, but Jerry Judy just feels kind of gross at this point. Like, I don't know. I, 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 he's just, he's also, he's another one that didn't practice um, on Wednesday dealing with a groin injury, but it doesn't seem like he's necessarily in danger, but um, we'll see what happens there. He, at the very least, he has been a bit better against zone coverage and the Texans are one of the more zone heavy defenses in the league. So there's that for Jerry Judy uh, for anybody that does have to start him. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's pretty much Denver for me. Yeah. <laughs> but Denver in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's go to uh, the Miami Dolphins at the Washington Commanders. Um, which team do you want to start with here? Oh, boy. Um, let's start with the <laughs> Miami Dolphins because, you know, again, kind of a simple team, um, you know, I think for the most part. But I kind of like you're starting, you know, you're 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 starting your your Dolphins, basically. But my biggest question with this team heading into this game is what are your expectations for Tua Tungavaila, who like his road home splits have been absolutely atrocious this year. You have not been able to start him in most games on the road. Um, you know, the the only good fantasy day he's put up on the road came against the, the LA Chargers, uh, which, you know, in an indoor game, yada yada. This is gonna be a little bit of a different environment. Like we're we're playing outdoors, maybe a little bit of weather. Um, and you know, now again on the road, how much do you trust Tua on the road when he's kind of been struggling there to begin with this year? Yeah, I guess that, that definitely would be uh, a concern and and obviously different conditions than what he's used to over there in, in Miami as well. But I, the the good thing, like Washington, it's it's Washington, so th- their secondary has struggled. They, they've definitely given up a ton of fantasy points um, to the quarterback position. I think the most, yeah, the, the most in, in the league at this point. And it always helps just having Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, guys that you can get the ball in their hands, and then hopefully they 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 take it um, the rest of the way and 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 tack on some yardage that way. So I I feel fine about starting to a tug of Iloa, but it's definitely a good call out with the home road splits for him because there's gonna be tougher matchups um, than than Washington for him, I'm sure coming up here. So he's got uh, the Baltimore Ravens on the road in Week yeah. 17. I don't mean if anybody's uh you know maybe planning for that that championship run I might have a contingency plan in place for for two of that week otherwise he actually beyond that week 17 game and and this game here in week 13 he plays the rest of his games at home so maybe Mm -hmm. uh maybe this is like a moot conversation but um you know at the very least he it is a very good matchup for you know you know him to take advantage of it's just something to be aware of uh, for a guy who's generally struggled on the road this year. Um, you know, lower touchdown rate, fewer yards per attempt, just across the board, less efficient. And that's translated to fantasy production in a big way. Yeah, for sure. And definitely scared of that week 17 matchup. I have him in Ooh. a league where um, I've 
potentially could be using him. Um, and I've lost Joe Burrow in that league as well. So I could be playing Gardner Minshew that week against the Raiders. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, not ideal, but um, I think that, I mean, other than that, Devin Achan, I know dealing with the knee injury, right? So I think we're pretty much avoiding him. He was limited on Wednesday, so it wasn't like a, he didn't miss practice completely. Um, but I don't know how much we're going to trust that knee and how much they're going to lean on him um, this week. So probably Raheem Mostert again for me, uh, for Miami. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. If either of them are playing, I think, you know, like, like if a chance playing, I think you've, you probably can still slot him into the lineup. Again, it doesn't really take much for Achan to actually make an impact. He probably needs like three touches and you'll get three touchdowns and win your week. Um, but, you know, definitely something to keep an eye on. Also worth noting, Raheem Mostert um, did not practice Wednesday, uh, you know, also with listed with an injury. I don't know how serious uh, this, hmm. this is, but uh, again, also, didn't practice on Wednesday. Meanwhile, you had a Chan get in a, like a limited practice session. Um, so a, again, I don't know if it's one of those like veteran rest days or, or, you know, a deal like that, but just keep an eye on Raheem Mostert, hmm. um, here approaching through the week. Okay. Yeah. Good shout. Um, how about on the Washington side of things? Sam Howell out here leading the league in in passing yards and and just doing his thing and and making us look smart for for loving him this offseason. Um, but the rest of the the Washington offense, or at least their receivers, have been a little bit frustrating um, th- this year. Like Terry McLaurin, strange year for him, has been up and down. Um, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, especially has been, has been a disappointment. So where are you at with these um, Washington receiving options? Is there anyone you like particularly more uh, than the rest? I'm not a huge fan of any of these options to be totally yeah. honest, heading into to week 13. Now you mentioned Terry McLord, uh, you know, he's been kind of fine. He's been kind of okay. He's been the wide receiver 26 so far this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you look at his efficiency, you look at his upside this year, it just hasn't been there. Yeah. Um, still seeking his first top 12 finish this season. It's been really disappointing, averaging a career low 1.5 yards per route run, um, career low 7.2 yards per target, career low 11.6 yards per reception. Um, and then you look at the sort of distribution in the end zone, you have Jahan Dotson been involved in the end zone. You have Logan Thomas involved. Like they're all splitting these very valuable touches, which hasn't helped anybody's case, I think in, in terms of consistency, but you look at this dolphin secondary with the return of Jalen Ramsey in week eight, um, since his return, there's only been one wide receiver that's exceeded 50 receiving yards. That was Devonte Adams in week 11. Um, in that span, they've allowed the third fewest yards per pass attempt, fourth lowest explosive pass play rate. Um, I think this could just be an inefficient day all around. Again, like you're probably going back to, to Sam Howell just because he's got a ton of volume. Um, but I'm not expecting a ton of efficiency from anybody. And I think, you know, we're continuing to see this, this dynamic of the, the, you know, wide variety of options continue to just kind of hurt one another for fantasy. And it's been tough to navigate and, and identify which of these guys is going to have the extra opportunities in any given week. Yeah. Very well said. I, I'm, I'm, I a hundred percent agree. Um, 
I guess like if I'm looking for maybe like a deeper play this week, cause teams are, um, yeah, a lot of fantasy rosters might be in need. Curtis Samuel kind of interesting for me as that deeper league play, um, going against the dolphins, Cater Kohu, um, has been there, their slot corner and it's 64.6 coverage grade by him. Not nothing amazing, um, by any means, but still better to, to avoid Jalen Ramsey and Zayvon Howard on the outside, at least. So there's maybe some potential there for Curtis Samuel, who was involved, um, last week as well at, at a nice rate. And I think Nick also highlighted him in the wide receiver cornerback matchup as well. So, um, somebody to consider if for those deeper leagues that if you do like, uh, Sam Howell's, um, Passing offense against this Miami team, Curtis Samuel might be somebody that can that can benefit here as a deeper league play. Yeah, very fair. I think uh also want to shout out fading a little bit. Brian Robinson, I know he's been pretty clutch, especially, you know, considering uh where he's been drafted and you know, considering he's a running back in this Washington offense. I don't think anybody expected much, but um, you know, the Miami Dolphins def- uh, rushing defense actually been pretty solid this year. Um, their uh, 77.3 PFF run defense grade ranks fourth best among all teams. Uh, they're holding opposing rushers to just 3.7 yards per carry. That's tied for the fifth lowest. Um, they've been a top 10 defense against fantasy running backs this year. Um, and you look at the competition, right? And they face some pretty talented running backs, DeAndre Swift. Brees Hall, Javante Williams, Josh Jacobs, Isaiah Pacheco, all of them have had nine or fewer fantasy points in half PPR formats. Hmm. Uh, then you look at at James Robinson, the games he's been successful in from a fantasy perspective, they've all been games where either the commanders won or they kept it close. And that's kind of been the only time he's really found a ton of success here. You have the Dolphins, who I think are probably going to blow this team out of the water. Um, they're favored by nine and a half points, but I wouldn't be surprised if Miami covers like handedly there. Um, I think this is a huge trap game for Brian Robinson and it has me shaking in my boots. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a fair call because we, we saw it last week too, right? Like against the Dallas Cowboys, like Cowboys blew them out. We saw Robinson snap drop snaps, drop down below 50% when he was up at like 70 something percent the, the, the week prior. So yeah, I, I guess like there's there's always that potential there that and that concern that they'll pull him out of the game and and rely on Antonio Gibson as they try to play catch up kind of thing, right? So um, definitely uh, something to kind of monitor there. And yeah, Miami should be able to win this game. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, anything else from this game? Nah. nah, I think I I trashed Brian Robinson enough. I'm sorry for. <laughs> I'm a huge Brian Robinson fan. I appreciate you, but I, every, every stat that I did in my research, uh, has, has told me to, to stray away, um, for the time being, we'll go back to the well next week. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's fair. We can't love every running back every single week. They're, they're not Mm -hmm. Christian McCaffrey after all. So, um, (laughs) yeah, unfortunately, Brian Robinson, the matchup doesn't line up this week, but, how about with the Chargers and the New England Patriots? And again, trying to keep things simple with the uh to start off here. We'll start with the New England offense, which uh is likely gonna be Bailey Zappi at quarterback. So Mac Jones, I he wasn't taking any pass reps in practice, I guess, yesterday. So it was like Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham. This this is not good because Bailey Zappi hasn't been great either. Um, we also have Demario Douglas, who has been their 
literally only wide receiver to trust since Kendrick Bourne has gone out. He didn't practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with a concussion. Um, I feel like Ramondre Stevenson is the only player on this New England offense that I feel comfortable with. Like Patriots may just rely on him at this point. Like if you want to look at what their playbook probably says is um, an option between getting Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones, or Malik Cunningham to pass the ball or just handing it off to Ramondre Stevenson or finding the way to get the ball into Ramondre Stevenson's hands. I feel like the Ramondre Stevenson option is the the, the lesser of two evils here. Um, and the Patriots offensive line has done a nice job run blocking. They're the fifth best run blocking offensive line in the league. Um, they've, they've allowed... Uh, the Chargers have allowed 1.4 rushing yards before contact per attempt. It's a slightly below average. Chargers have been better in run defense this year, but still not amazing by any means. So you look at somebody like Ramondre Stevenson, we saw him get his snap share back up to a, to a season high 78% in week 12, um, took back a lot more of the early down work from Ezekiel Elliott um, and is getting the, 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 passing down work as well. And he's had 20 plus carries now in back-to-back games. So I think Ramondre Stevenson would be the lone Patriot fantasy option for me this week, assuming Demario Douglas can't go, but is there anybody else that you feel okay about? Uh, no. Okay. Very, very simple <laughs> offense this week uh, for the Patriots. Um, you know, Demario Douglas, a super unfortunate loss uh he's been bailey zappy's like most targeted uh player here so like i i don't know we're we're gonna be in tough sledding here somebody's gonna have to be targeted but i i don't think those targets are going to be worth very much which makes me reluctant to to try to chase those points here yeah, it, it sucks because Demario Douglas was solid, but oh God, like I, there's a super deep league. I mean, I had to pick up Devontae Parker just because um, Demario Douglas is going to be out and I, there's literally nobody on the waiver wire. Devontae Parker at least played over 80% of snaps last week, had like a 17% target rate. So it's something if if this passing offense could do anything, but even Hunter Henry was like a literal ghost last week. So um, it's just, it's going to be tough to trust anybody here. So how about on the Chargers side of things? Anybody that you want to focus on for the Chargers? I think you kind of know who you're starting, right? Like you're starting Justin Herbert, you're starting mm-hmm. uh, Keenan Allen, you're you're starting Austin Eckler. Like I, I think we kind of know, like as simple as the Patriots offenses because they're so bad, I feel like the <laughs> Chargers offense just as simple because we know exactly who is good. Um, you know, I know there's been plenty of conjecture about like, okay, well, you know, Quentin Johnston starting to see some targets. Was he benched last week? Was he not? Can't get a, a straight answer out of Brandon Staley. So I think, you know, for, for now, yeah, we're, we're going to keep Quentin Johnston on the bench and we're going to stick with our solid core group of players here. Um, and I don't really think there's much else outside of that. I don't think this is going to be a matchup where they need to chase points and and get overly creative i think this is a you know it is what it is it really is yeah there's there's nothing really to kind of figure out here like you're you're keeping quinton johnston on benches i, I mean that 39 percent of snaps in week 12 definitely concerning even jalen guyton played ahead of him I know Austin Eckler, like he's been frustrating career low, like yards per carry yards after contact per attempt, career low rushing grade, career low yards per run, like everything 
has been arrows down for Austin Eckler, unfortunately, but I mean, he still has the potential for touchdowns and, and, and high end usage there in the passing game as well. It's just, he hasn't really been able to do much with it, but it's not like you're benching him, especially in a week like this. So yeah, I, I think that does pretty much cover uh, the, the Los Angeles offense there. Um, so let's move to uh, the Detroit lions at the new Orleans saints. And with this game, I mean, the, the, we'll start with the, the I guess, the Saints offense, because it's going to be an interesting offense this week. Chris Olave dealing with a concussion, but he was limited on Wednesday. We don't know if he'll be able to go. Rashid Shahid didn't practice on Wednesday, um, dealing with the with the injury there as well. Michael Thomas already on injured reserve. Is there anybody on the Saints uh, offense, especially in the passing game, um, because I feel like Alvin Kamara is going to be in for a pretty big week here. Um, but anybody else that stands out to you as potential um, good play if if Olave and Shahid basically miss time. Uh, I, mm, uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I, I feel like that would just be getting cute for the sake of being cute. Um, yeah, I, I think. You know, Juwan Johnson, probably the the only yeah. guy. I think you're you're starting um, you know, Taysom Hill, um, you know, been kind of a, a fairly stable, you know, guy in terms of rushing production. Uh, you know, he's always potentially good for a touchdown, but I'm not chasing the depth at wide receiver specifically here. I'm I, you know, I I think Juwan Johnson's probably my favorite bet out of any of them to kind of fill that gap. Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. And and even um, Thomas wrote about him in the, the sleeper tight end uh, article as well. He saw uh season high in, in targets this past week with seven also receiving yards with 49, obviously like because of that um, injuries to Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid. Right. So th- those were kind of the main things. And if those guys do miss time, then yeah, Jawan Johnson could become like one of the focal points of, of Derek Carr's passing offense. And um, does draw a matchup as well against uh, Jack Campbell because Alex Anzalone is unlikely to play, who's actually been solid this year at linebacker. So our tight end um, matchup chart has Jack Campbell as a potential player to to line up against. And Jack Campbell has the second lowest coverage grade among linebackers so far this year. So um, there, there's definitely potential there for Juwan Johnson. But really, again, like you said, it would be, you know, if we have to get cute, if we have to do it for deeper leagues kind of thing, um, that's where you're, you're maybe more looking for these kind of guys. But other than that, I think Alvin Kamara is a lock, even though it's not a great matchup for, for opposing running backs for fantasy purposes. I think he's going to see a lot of targets, a lot of touches. Um, so that, that, that's hard to, uh, to sit at this point. Um, how about on the lion side of things? Um, I don't know. Anything, anything here that you'd want to start with and talk about for Detroit? You know, I, again, I feel like we have, uh, it's really nice at this point in the season, mm-hmm. by the way, like kind of having uh, these these offenses pretty well diagnosed at this point. Yeah. Um, you're starting, I, I think, you know, pretty much all of your standard Lions, right? You're starting Jared Goff, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, Amonra St. Brown, Sam Laporta. Like you, they, they're just kind of locks for your lineup at this point. Um, you know, I, I, I know Jared Goff especially has kind of struggled on the road in and out, mm-hmm. but not feeling terrible about, you know, the, this matchup against the saints uh, in particular, just given the fact that this is going to be a dome game and, you know, the, the weather element is, is totally, you know, not out, outside there. Um, 
I, I think you just, you start your lines. Yeah, Not I my favorite matchup in terms of like efficiency. I get yeah. like I, the Saints. I don't want to you know overstate you know or understate the the talent that the Saints have mm-hmm. on defense, but I, I don't think any of these you know Lions assets really are guys you're capable of sitting at this point. No, I don't. I don't think so either. And and even like David Montgomery, like you said, you're probably starting him. I know he didn't play a ton last week, but the team was also trailing for for most of that game too against the Packers. So they relied a little bit more on on Jameer Gibbs. I'd expect um, the Lions to be to have a, a a closer game here, if if not being able to comfortably have the lead against um against the Saints. So yeah, I feel fine about starting to make David Montgomery again, and then Jamison Williams. I guess like for deeper leagues, kind of the the only one that I slightly interested in like his snaps were kind of trending up in each of the past few weeks kind of plateaued last week in that 60 to 65 percent range um, where Josh Reynolds was trending down um, in terms of his playing time so maybe there's opportunity there for Jameson Williams to see a little bit more work but I mean really super deep leagues is the only real option there for for Jameson Williams but I think that's it for Detroit yeah I think so awesome all right, let's do a quick shout out um, to Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a skill based real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players. If they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. So, Kate, um, do you have any favorite Prize Picks props um, from this week? Now, as a the resident Steelers fan, I already talked a little bit about that Steelers offense. I'm rolling with Pat Fryermuth more than. 31 and a half receiving yards, um, just coming off a, a career high in receiving. And, you know, we're finally seeing Kenny Pickett work the middle of the field. I think they go back to the well there. Uh, and we we continue to see some involvement from Pat Fryermuth that should make 31 and a half receiving yards the easiest smash of the uh, more than smash of the, the entire week. Yeah, no, I love that one. That That is a great call. I am with you there for sure. Um, the other one for me, I, we, I talked about it on Tuesday and and I think actually last night as well on the, the IDP preview, but Ramondre Stevenson, I, I still really like the, the 60 and a half rushing yards um, for him to kind of get over that range. I, he's been over 80 the, the past three games. We've seen his usage increase as well. Uh, we like the advantage there for the um, Patriots offensive line against the Chargers uh, run defense. So I feel pretty good about Ramondre Stevenson going over 60 and a half rushing yards. I think he'll be heavily involved again this week. Um, so there we go. Um With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. So, for example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at 10.5 combo of three points and receptions. Um, And then you can go to prizepicks.com slash PFF Fantasy. Use code PFF Fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash PFF Fantasy. Use code PFF Fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, let's go to the final stretch of games here. The Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, any players you want to start specifically with um, for this game, Kate? So I think we got to talk about the Carolina Panthers in general. So mm. they cleaned house this week. We don't know exactly what to expect. Although if it's anything like the Pittsburgh Steelers, we might get a little bit of juice. We might get a little bit, uh, you know, some of that improved communication. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we can expect a whole ton of of change necessarily for this team, but 
those little things, those intangibles, the communication, the the way the the you know game plan is being delivered to these players, um, sometimes just that little bit of energy in the building. Like I, I feel like you always see kind of that that first game surge following a, a coaching staff fire, especially when they're clearing house. So I really like, you know, potentially going back to the well for Jonathan Mingo, who's kind of, you know, been looking pretty solid in recent weeks. I think he's a fine deep play. I'm going to write him up uh, in my, my five high risk, high upside plays for uh, week 13 going up against the Buccaneers secondary. That's just hurting on all fronts. Um, you know, Adam Thielen, I, I'm, I think coming into the week, they're probably going to have a pretty solid emphasis on getting the ball to their best players on offense. And I think he's going to be one of them. So I I'm kind of fine starting up the Carolina Panthers. And I, I, I don't know. I'm sure I'm going to regret it. I'm sure (laughs) I'm going to feel terrible about it. uh, Once, you know, the, the fantasy points start rolling in, but I don't know. I have just this little feeling that the Carolina Panthers are going to have a, a solid week. I don't know if it's going to be enough necessarily for for Bryce Young to hit that relevancy, but I don't know. Am I crazy? <laughs> no, I, I'm with you, actually. And yeah, I don't necessarily love it for, for Bryce Young's fantasy prospects um, specifically, but guys like Chuba Hubbard and, and Adam Thielen specifically are, are the ones that I think where most people are starting um, in, in most league sizes, right? And, and feel pretty optimistic about them, right? So kind of starting with Chuba Hubbard too, like he, he was trending towards more of a split for a couple of weeks there with Miles Sanders, as far as um, playing time goes, but got back up to over 60% of snaps this past week. And Sanders was down below 40%. Um, we know that Miles Sanders got a couple more carries than, than Chuba Hubbard last week, but not something that I necessarily expect to continue here as long as those snaps remain the same. And Chuba Hubbard got in the end zone as well. So that, that helped, but yeah, like no Frank Reich. Nate mentioned it too on on Monday too. Like Miles Sanders being more of a Frank Reich guy, maybe that leads to them fading Miles Sanders a little bit more and leaning into Chuba Hubbard, who has been better across the board than than Miles Sanders. So feel pretty good about Chuba Hubbard as like a low end kind of RB two. We'll see how it works out this week. But yeah, Adam Thielen too, right? Like. He is coming off his worst fantasy performance of the year. He had just one catch for two yards last week, which was uh, really disappointing. But going against the Bucks here who have struggled as far as coverage goes, like their their man coverage specifically has been um, among the 10 worst teams in the league as far as allowing explosive play rate goes. They're, they're bottom five in um, in zone as well in that regard. So there's a lot of holes to take advantage of for this uh, going against this Tampa Bay defense. And Adam Thielen has been somebody that has found much more success against man coverage this season. Um, he's top 10 in fantasy points per route run. He's top 10 in uh, receiving grade and he is 21st in yards per route run against man coverage. So, uh, also a 29% target rate, uh, facing man coverage. So Tampa Bay runs enough man coverage. They're, they're about league average, uh, in that regard that we could see a little bit more, um, opportunities for for Adam Thielen to take advantage of this week and then like you said Jonathan Mingo kind of potentially on the rise here as well for those deeper leagues um I know Nate mentioned him in the waiver wire episode we talked about uh on Tuesday as well so there's yeah things looking up maybe potentially for Carolina yeah I I don't want to jinx it but I I don't know I'm feeling I'm feeling like there's a little bit of hope there this week as it again, even if it's, you know, some of that intangible, there's some new energy, right? Like 
people are on alert, right? That's, that's a message to your team. You know, that's a big message to your team. We're not, we're not going to tolerate lack of production. So I, I feel like every time we, we see a team clearing house, we just get a little bit of that extra boom mm -hmm. and we see that little bump, even if it's a, a temporary one, right. In, in the weeks to follow. So hopefully we see that, um, because, you know, I, I do think there are some talented players in this Panthers offense. It's not a sexy offense, but they do have some talent. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I want I want good things for Bryce Young. Come on. We're yeah, it's a, yeah. The league is better when we have good quarterbacks across mm -hmm. the board. And, and as a former first overall pick Bryce Young now, it's it just we, we want to see him succeed and not end up as uh, like a Zach Wilson, who was a second overall pick, but still. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, sorry for Zach Wilson catching strays there. But um, yeah, it is what it is uh, on the Tampa Bay side of things. How do you feel about guys like Chris Godwin this week? Because I feel like Mike Evans is a comfortable start. But Chris Godwin has been a little bit kind of met this year, right? So are you playing? Are you do you have any interest in putting Chris? Like, how do you feel about putting Chris Godwin in your lineup, I guess, this week? Not great. I, yeah. But you know what? Like Chris Godwin for a guy that I, I think is absurdly talented um, for a guy that I, I think is, you know, absurdly just good. I, I haven't been very excited to start him in any capacity this season. Uh, and that kind of frustrating for mm -hmm. a big uh, Chris Godwin believer. And I, I don't necessarily know that this has been the the best matchup. Um, you know, the, the Panthers, they've been susceptible on the ground. They haven't needed uh, opposing offenses, haven't needed to pass a ton. Um, so like, we know Mike Evans kind of that clear number one target at this point. Is there going to be enough around or is this going to be a game script that just kind of favors, you know, Rashad white, the occasional deep bomb to Mike Evans and then, you know, full stop. That's kind of what I'm picturing this week and, and has me a, a little bit more anxious for Chris Godwin. Am I on point there? I think so. And yeah, I guess like the hope with like Chris Godwin here is that, like you said, Carolina kind of has a boost and they're a little bit more competitive this week that forces Tampa Bay to pass the ball a little bit more and, and they can spread it around a little bit to somebody other than Mike Evans, because yeah, Chris Godwin, he's like you said, been disappointing. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, this is a, a matchup. Like if you're looking at again, the like, I wrote about it in the man's own coverage report, but Carolina, the third most zone heavy team in the league, but they're not very good at it. They're, they're um, allowing a first down or touchdown on 39.4% of those zone coverage snaps, which is second worst in the league. Um, they're bottom 10 team in yards allowed per coverage snap um, and explosive play rate while in zone coverage this year, Chris Godwin, has at least been better against zone coverages this year than he has against man. So there's maybe something there for him, like 80.7 receiving grade against zone is 17th best among wide receivers this year. So as long as the targets are there for him, like that, that could equal success, but we're going to need, I think Carolina to be competitive in this game for that to happen. Otherwise, yeah, it's going to be Rashad white this season because I mean, he's been amazing. He's RB six on the year as well. Um, Rashad white. So dominating touches. Yes. He's, been, he's been awesome. Like I wrote him as a breakout candidate this off, off season, but he's exceeded expectations for sure. No, that didn't feel like amazing. I thought maybe top 20 was what we're kind of looking at, but he's so far been, yeah top 10 running back in PPR. So um, 
yeah, it, it's been, it's been nice to see you just keep kind of rolling him out there and um, Carolina giving up the third most fantasy points per game to running backs as well. So nice matchup for Rashad white, but anybody else from this uh, NFC South matchup? Nah. All right. <laughs> Let's go to a, uh, should be a pretty good game here. San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think, well, let's, let's ask you, because I know you wrote about, um, I think it was AJ Brown and Devonte Smith, right? And was it um, panic or antic this week? Um, how are you feeling yes. about these, these two wide receivers for the Eagles um, heading into a difficult matchup potentially against the 49ers? Yeah, this could be, this could be a tough one now. Very interestingly, like looking at the the stats, right? Because you had AJ Brown, who was the wide receiver two heading into their bye week, was just so dominant on every front, so efficient, so good at literally everything. There wasn't a metric that he wasn't dominating in throughout the first 10 weeks of the season. They come back from their bye, and then it's Devonta Smith's turn again. And he's been stealing the show. He's been out producing Brown pretty much all over the place. Um, but what was really interesting to me was when I put Brown stats together pre and post by and pair that with the fact that AJ Brown showed up on the injury report this past week with a thigh injury. He was cleared of that, that injury didn't have a final injury designation heading into week 12, but I'm wondering if he might not be hundred percent healthy, which is a legitimate concern. I think in the past two weeks, um, you know, again, dealing with that apparent thigh injury, 6.75 fantasy points per game compared to almost 19 fantasy points per game uh, to start the season, 0.69 yards per route run, um, you know, 2.7 yards after the catch per reception compared to 4.9 in weeks one through nine um, averaging or it, his max speed, almost a full mile per hour less than his max speed before the buy. Um, catching less catchable passes, averaging fewer yards per uh, of separation, like across the board, all of those metrics, when I'm putting them together, if you showed them to me without an injury report, I'd say, is he not healthy? Yeah. I don't know. Is there something me. there? <laughs> is there you... something there? I don't know. And maybe this is just me projecting and having seen the injury report, putting these two, storylines together but like you're never gonna sit them uh, you're never gonna right. sit them but it is enough to make me pump the brakes a little bit more on aj brown and and favor devonta smith in my fantasy lineups over aj brown for the time being yeah yeah that is uh those are some scary numbers um that you've shared and as somebody that has a lot of aj brown this year um i am definitely concerned and yeah it's we like as I was kind Sorry of looking scare at anybody. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like you're still starting him, right? And 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 hoping that he gets back to to what he was because we've seen this before, right? Where Devontae Smith has the better weeks and um and and then AJ Brown bounces back and then he has that stretch like he did just before their bye week. But uh, that that is uh yeah, that that's definitely a concern. Um, but yeah, still feel pretty good about Devontae Smith then. Um yeah, this is uh this is not the ideal matchup, obviously, for for wide receivers or or for running backs or or even for quarterbacks, but I mean these are all guys that aren't really leaving your lineup either, right? So AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Swift, uh, and Jalen Hurts. There's there's no chance of benching these guys. So I don't know. That that pretty much covers the Eagles offense. Anything else there? 
You're not no, starting they, Jack Stoll, right? <laughs> no, you are not. Uh, no, you are, are definitely not. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, again, kind of one of these uh, offenses that that you know uh, exactly what you're doing. But um, my only question is probably, so Dallas Goddard, um, hmm. like, I don't, I don't know if we should trust the reports that he wants to play in week 13. If he does, where does he fall in your rankings? And like, do you start him? Cause this is not a good week for tight ends. We have lots of teams on by. Yeah, this is a brutal week for tight ends. <laughs> and I really hope that Dallas Goddard doesn't make us make that decision. I mean, maybe you, you hope that he does if depending on who your other tight ends are. Like if you do have just like a Chico Conquo, like we talked about earlier, um, maybe that's you know a situation where you can plug Dallas Goddard in, but it is a really tough matchup against the 49ers here. Um, he's gonna draw, you know, a lot of Fred Warner, a lot of Drake Greenlaw, um, and and defenders that have been really good at 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 taking away the tight end. So I think for them, like if you have solid options that you're probably playing them over Dallas Goddard, but if you have like really weak options at, at the tight end position, I, I mean, he's still Dallas Goddard. So there's potential, I guess, for, for maybe some, some targets thrown his way, but uh, I, I would mostly, I'd is, be avoiding him. What I'm hearing is if I really have to. Yeah. That's that's all it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> literally if I have to. Like I'm not putting it like I'm not leaving him in lineups where I normally would if I knew he was fully healthy, but feels like comparing like the the timeline for him, you know, when he injured that forearm. I know they said he wasn't going to be on injured reserve, but still seems a little early for him to kind of be coming back here. So I would expect him to potentially be sitting out. And if he does play, I don't have to play him kind of thing. I, I think that's very, uh, you know, very poignant. Um, we're probably, okay. th this whole conversation is probably going to be a moot point. So we're all <laughs> true, but we're talking about it. It's still fun yeah. to, to consider the, the, the different scenarios that we might see here um, later in the week. But uh, on the 49ers side of things, th this is a, a fairly easy offense here. Um, even Brock Purdy has, has made things easy for us because the, the Eagles are, are giving up a lot of fantasy points to quarterbacks second most. So Brock Purdy could potentially be in play this week. Um, you're not benching Christian McCaffrey. It doesn't matter um, really what the matchup is. He's been more of a matchup proof running back. And Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel have been excellent as well. George Kittle still like tight end three on the year. I know he has his disappointing weeks, but it, it's he's one of those guys where you bench him and then he goes off. Or if you, and, and you know, the, the bad weeks that he has are when he's in your lineup, but um, he still has good weeks when he's in your lineup as well. So you just kind of leave him in, right? Yeah, I think like my only question or, or concern, I guess, with the 49ers offense as a whole, maybe outside of Christian McCaffrey is, you know, some of that decreased production when they're on the road versus at home. Um, it, regardless, though, you're kind of in a spot where, again, options are few and far between, <laughs> um, you know, George Kittle's home road splits have been uh, very favorable towards scoring fantasy points at home. Uh, so have Brock Purdy's like the, this entire passing offense is just more productive at Levi stadium. And, you know, again, Philadelphia Eagles, that's going to be a very hostile environment. It's going to be a, a big challenge. 
I worry only slightly um, and maybe just temper some of those expectations for the 49ers assets just a little bit lower than maybe you would on, on most weeks, given the road matchup, given the hostile environment. Um, but again, like you can't sit the 49ers. So it, it's one of those things, take it with a grain of salt. And, and if you have a down week, you're going to have to deal with it, but yeah. Nice. I like it. Um, yeah, that, that pretty much covers that matchup. It, it should be a good game. Hopefully we get some high um, scoring, high offense uh, action in that one. But like you said, there there is at least some potential to temper expectations here because um, both defenses are very good as well. So um, let's go to the Cleveland Browns at the Los Angeles Rams. And let's start with the Rams because obviously I feel – pretty good about Kyron Williams, even though it's not, you know, the best matchup, but it's been nice to have him back. He immediately dominated backfield touches, um, got the rest treatment late last game. So that's why, you know, he didn't have that 80% snap share that we saw with him before the injury, but it should be a closer game. I would think this week, but the guys that I'm concerned about, and again, this is one of the, like pretty much what you talked about with the 49ers. Um, this Browns defense is is a problem for for opposing offenses, and we've seen it all year, really. And now it's going to be a potential issue here for guys like Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, who are already coming off of quiet games. They're hard to sit, but the Browns, I mean, could it depends who you have, but. I don't feel great about both of these guys being able to produce this week. I think it's one or the other. So do you have a preference between Puka Nakua or Cooper cup this week? I'd probably give a slight edge to Puka Nakua and, and just from a, just from an overall standpoint, I want to fade all of the guys in this offense, generally speaking. Um, I I don't think this is going to be a great spot. Obviously you're, you're, you know, starting Kyron Williams, like without question. Um, but outside of Kyron Williams, if I can afford to sit any of these guys, I am going to like the Browns have just been absolutely suffocating on, on all fronts. Um, but I, I give Puka just the edge mostly in terms of like, I, I think he's probably dealing with less health issues at this point. Like, maybe a little less banged up. I, but I, neither of them are guys that I'm, I'm actively seeking to, to get in my lineup. If I have, you know, really any other option. Yeah. I'm with you. I think if I have to pick one, it's probably Pukunakua as well. Like both of these guys have really struggled against man coverage. And we know the Browns are one of the best man coverage units in the league. They play the most man coverage as well, but you look at Cooper cup against man and he is among the league's worst wide receivers against man coverage this year. Um, Just 0.19 fantasy points per route run, which is tied for 89th. He has a 57.2 receiving grade, also 89th and 0.82 yards per route run against man coverage which is 90th among wide receivers so he is among like literally the bottom like some of these numbers are dead last right so it's it's a concern it's definitely a concern so i mean again the potential for target and volumes is always going to be there with these two guys but i think if you have to pick one it's probably nakua and yeah i don't i just don't think there's going to be room for both guys to be able to to go off this week unfortunately no and you you look at at the target share um you know for Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, um 
Cooper Cup actually seeing like almost double uh, his like a deep target rate than he has so far in the years prior in his career. Um, I definitely think part of that is kind of contributing like you're you're throwing up more 50 50 balls, uh, you know, like lower completion probability Mm -hmm. throws that are going Cooper Cup's way, which I do think is impacting some of that safe floor that we've seen in years prior. So I, I just I feel like Puka is getting, you know, some of those like safer targets a little bit, um, you know, the, the deep shots down the field. Great. If, if you're looking for a, a high ceiling play, but not, not against this defense. No way. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm, I'm avoiding Matthew Stafford. I liked him last week, but it was more because of the matchup this week. I do not like him. I do not like the matchup. Um, Tyler Higby. I know he had a strong week last week with a couple touchdowns, not, trusting that to happen again here. Um, It's just, it's likely not going to happen against this Browns team. So let's go to the Cleveland Browns offense. Um, Another kind of stinky offense here, which could maybe potentially be led by Joe Flacco um, this week. What year (laughs) is it? What year is it? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I don't know what they they got limited options. DTR hasn't performed well. PJ Walker, like they, they got nothing. They're they're turning to Joe Flacco. He's he was taking, I think, the first team reps on Wednesday, I believe it was. So maybe <laughs> things leaning Flacco's way. I, this is this would be absolutely crazy to see. So with that in mind, anybody on this Browns offense that uh, you're willing to start this week? You start Jerome Ford for volume. Um, okay. You start. Amari Cooper, maybe for the potential for like some YOLO balls, like, and I I don't know. What's the trust level for David and Joku? Like I, I'm not feeling great about any of these guys. The, the Rams have been a favorable matchup for tight ends. So I, I think you start David and Joku six most fantasy points per game to tight ends. So like you're, you're fine with that. I, I don't know. I'm not excited about any of these players uh just given the uncertainties of the offense but yeah i think you you start those three guys if you need to yeah i think those are the the, the same guys that i would consider as well and yeah i'm, I'm i think i'm fine with njoku just because he's he's earned like decent target rates so far this year which is which has been nice to see and he's getting the snaps and, and everything as well in recent weeks uh hasn't dipped below that 80 percent range and he could potentially be somebody there and and like with Joe Flacco coming in I just I don't even feel great about Amari Cooper this week like he's there's no chance he's even in my top 30 like there there's going to be plenty of other options that I like over Amari Cooper but ugh, it is yeah a really rough matchup and I think even Nate wrote like Jerome Ford as a sit this week as well so it's 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 not looking I good for it. the Browns offense yeah my biggest thing is, is just, again, who has, maybe you have better options. And if you do a hundred percent, but you know, I, I, it's still hard to fathom uh, a matchup, honestly, where you can really afford to sit him. I, I don't know. I'm not going to feel good about That's it. True. I'm not going to feel good about sledding him into my lineups. Just <laughs> No, yeah, it is not going to feel good. Uh, that, that's for sure. This Browns offense is going to be tough to watch, but luckily they have that defense, which has been very, very good for them. Um, and hopefully Miles Garrett's okay as well. He's dealing with that shoulder injury, but we'll see what it looks like this week. Um, 
yeah, let's move to Sunday night football. Um, we got the Kansas City Chiefs at the Green Bay Packers. Um, Kate, let's start with Green Bay. You had written it up in the in the running back um, touches report this week because Aaron Jones missed this past week. A.J. Dillon saw 82% of the running back carries dominated the backfield. Maybe Aaron Jones is back this week. Um, if not, how are you feeling about this Green Bay backfield against the Chiefs? It's going to be a tough matchup. It's going to be a tough matchup. You're happy with the volume. Again, I, I think this is going to be uh, one of those situations where you're probably in a position where you can't afford to sit. Uh, AJ Dillon at this point, he's been incredibly inefficient this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, really hard to find a running back. That's kind of pretty much a lock for 15 touches. If Aaron Jones is out, just not a great matchup. The chiefs are along the 19th, most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Um, just in general, I think this is going to be a really, really tough defensive matchup for the Packers all around. Um, so not, you know, targeting the Packers offense specifically up against this chiefs defense. I think if I had to start one, it would be AJ Dillon just from a volume perspective, but not expecting a ton of fantasy points in general from green Bay this week. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think, yeah, all of these guys, even Christian Watson, um, probably like that. They're all in that kind of wide receiver three range, because like you said, that Kansas city offense it ha- or defense, sorry, has been very good. Um, they're very man heavy defense as well. Um, but they're, they're good at it. They're actually good. So they're, they're surrendering just 4.76 yards per coverage snap while in man, which is the third best mark in the league. If you have to pick among these green Bay wide receivers for me, it's probably Jaden Reed first, then Christian Watson. I think they they've had the most success against man coverage this year. Whereas somebody like Romeo Dobbs, who we know has done a nice job finding the end zone this year really struggled against man coverage so 57.3 receiving grade which is 88th 0.25 fantasy points per route run tied for 76th 0.38 yards per route run which is 96 so Romeo Dobbs is somebody that I'm, I'm absolutely benching this week going against the Chiefs but um yeah deeper leagues you might want Jaden Reed and Christian Watson um if you have to um they could be somebody that get at least um some kind of production for you, but don't feel the same way about uh, Romeo Dub. So yeah. Anybody else on green Bay for you? No, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, And then on the Kansas city side. uh, Yeah. We're starting Patrick Mahomes. We feel fine about that. Uh, We're starting Travis Kelsey. Feel good about that. Um, But Rashi Rice uh, is is uh, somebody that we keep talking about here. Yes, and things have been looking up as well for Rashi Rice. Um, seeing his playing time kind of increase as well. Um, coming off a great week as the PPR wide receiver three in week 12, set season highs in offensive snaps played with 68% and in team target share at 32%. So I think Rashi Rice is in line for another very strong week here. We always like him against zone coverage as well. He's been one of the best wide receivers in the league, or at least the most efficient, one of the most efficient wide receivers in the league against zone. He's tied for third in fantasy points per route run, 0.58, has the second most yards per route run against zone, 3.08, 85.1 receiving grade against zone, which is ninth, and the Packers play the top 10, uh, zone coverage at a top 10 rate as well. So, um, I really like Rashi Rice again this week. How are you feeling about uh, Mr. Rice? 
always feeling good. I uh, always showing off some of that yak ability. You love that yards after the catch just is his bread and butter. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think that's going to be any different this week. Uh, you just continue to see him like build on the weeks he's had prior. And it, again, just really hard to keep him out of the lineups considering the, the upward trajectory that he's on love Rushy rice. Um, you know, and I, I think kind of just an every week, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three with upside, as you mentioned, uh, yeah. given that top five finish in week 12, you love to see it. You love yes. to see it for our guy. Yes. Finally, kind of starting to be consistent here in this Kansas city offense, which is all we've been asking, um, mm-hmm. all season long. And they're, they're finally starting to listen now in Kansas city. So that's been nice to see. And then, yeah, I mean, Jarek McKinnon, we're starting pretty much that's it at running back well it even you know if Jarek McKinnon or sorry not Jarek McKinnon Isaiah Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco um obviously yeah yeah I was thinking if Jarek McKinnon is out it becomes an even nicer boost there for Isaiah Pacheco um who McKinnon did return to practice today so that that could cut into his snaps a little bit but it's not overly concerning um Pacheco's still pretty much the the lone running back to trust there in Kansas City um yeah how about Anybody else in this game? Mm-mm. No, that's it, right? Yeah. Gucci. <laughs> All right, let's go to Monday night football. It is the Jake Browning led Cincinnati Bengals going up against Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kate, uh, anybody specifically that you want to start with uh, on either side here? Ugh. Um, <laughs> what is there to say about the Bengals? I, Ugh, I, I think they're I going to be this is going to be another challenging game. It's going to be an uphill battle. You look at Jamar chase, like didn't, uh, didn't break your fantasy lineups in week 12, but most of it was on the back of that ridiculous uh, reception that like should have been an interception was a, a tipped pass that somehow Jamar chase miraculously just grabbed out of thin air. You can't count on those plays every week. And, <laughs> you know, I, I have my concerns uh, about the overall, ability of this offense uh moving forward um that's kind of where i'm at you obviously don't sit jamar chase um i think the biggest maybe question is what do you do with joe mixon at this point been super inefficient um you know obviously the the quarterback situation very much allows these opposing defenses to kind of hone in even further on the run against this guy who's already been kind of struggling with efficiency. Um, I mean, Joe Mixon again, kind of feels like one of those guys you can't sit, but you know, I I think we just kind of temper expectations for, for Joe Mixon all around and call it a day. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's exactly what you do, right? Like you said, you, you're not necessarily sitting him, but you're tempering expectations because the volume is still there for him, but uh, it is not uh, necessarily even a great matchup. And then 16 rushing yards last week. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. And yeah, the offense itself has just been it's been rough um, to, to watch here without Joe Burrow so far. And even T Higgins, like the coach, um, Zach Taylor said that he's hopeful that he's going to be able to play this week. I'm not starting T Higgins. Um, he just hasn't got it done even when he's in the lineup and healthy. So I, I don't know that he's even going to be a hundred percent here. Um, Jaguar is one of those zone heavy teams and T Higgins has struggled a lot more against zone as well. Um, 
just 0.24 fantasy points per route run against zone. That's tied for 88th. 60.1 receiving grade is 75th. There's there's a lot to not like here for, for T. Higgins in this matchup. So if he's playing, especially on Monday night, right? You're not keeping T. Higgins in your lineup and hoping that he plays. Hopefully you could find somebody that's playing in one of those earlier games that you plug in. You're not, you know, holding on hope here with T. Higgins on Monday night. So he he's a benched um, player for me this week for sure. Here's uh, a few players that have scored more fantasy points per game than T. Higgins this year. Um, Drake London, <laughs> who nobody wants to start, right? Um, Brandon <laughs> Cooks, Rashid Shaheed, Josh Downs. It's a weird list. Jaden Reed. Kendrick Bourne like it's a weird list and oh, it's it's not been good it, it you know I think the availability of course is a huge question mark as is you know the the level of participation that you're going to see from T Higgins even if he does return in his first game back from a, a hamstring injury that has kept him out of the lineup for several weeks like are they going to to throw him back in for an immediate Full snap count? Probably not. I wouldn't expect that they would. Um, so I think all that's fine. I will say, though, if T. Higgins makes his return, that does make me feel a little bit better about Jamar Chase because uh, a little bit less attention for Jamar Chase, even if you know T. Higgins isn't involved to his full capability and his full usual workload. I still think that, yeah, like his presence on the field helps divert a little bit of that coverage because – you can't leave him. You can't leave him totally uncovered, even if he's less than a hundred percent healthy. Yeah, that's that's a good call, and that's probably the the only reason we'd want to see T. Hakins in the lineup this week is to help our Jamar Chase shares. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, other than that, I don't think there's much else to be hopeful here for this Cincinnati offense. Um, so last team of the week is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Travis Etienne dealing with a chest injury. He's day to day. We did see. Dearness Johnson work in there probably more than we're comfortable with last week. So that, that did kind of hurt his production and potential there. I, I'm not overly concerned about Travis Etienne right now, but that is at least something to kind of keep in mind. It, he's definitely not leaving lineups, but um, how about the, the wide receivers? I, it's been kind of a, a mixed bag here with the, with these guys. And, and I know Calvin Ridley has, had um, better games here as of late, but is there anyone that you feel particularly good about this week um, among the Jaguars uh, wide receivers? I'm excited for Evan Ingram this week. And this has been a very, very fruitful matchup for opposing tight ends this season up against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, And, you know, I, you look at Evan Ingram hasn't been the most consistent at this point, but I mean, the, the, data here just speaks for itself and what they've been allowing to opposing tight ends. So like I, I could definitely picture this being a matchup where they, they go to Evan Ingram over and over and over again, uh, looking at what they just allowed to Pat Fryermuth, a guy who just had a, a career game here in week 12, you know, amidst the presence of an offense that has not cracked 400 yards in you know, two two years, like in, we saw it happen. So I, I think this could be a, a really nice spot for Evan Ingram to, to really put up a, a solid performance. I have him this week as my tight end four, uh, nice. probably my, my, uh, strongest take of the week. Um, uh, but the Bengals defense in general, just allowing some, some big explosive plays that I think, um, could, you know, serve Calvin Ridley. Well, it could, could be, you know, a, a solid spot for the Jaguars. Um, 
yeah, I, I think that's, that's where I'm at. I like it. And then the other thing potentially helping Evan Ingram too is the Bengals top linebacker, uh, Logan Wilson is dealing with an ankle injury. He left late last game. He's questionable. It's could potentially miss this week. It again, makes it a little bit trickier to know with them playing on Monday night. But um, again, that's just another one of those potential coverage players against a, a tight end that um, could lead to, to more production there. So I'm with you on Evan Ingram for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't mind Calvin Ridley this week again. I I, I like Christian Kirk as a really nice um, flex play, um, potentially higher this week. He's um, He's been productive uh, against... Um, against man coverage, which the Bengals have been known to play at a top 10 rate. So I, I don't mind Christian Kirk. He's drawn, he's earned a 31% target rate when facing man coverage. So he leads the team in that regard and a really strong 3.32 two yards per route run against man as well, which is 12th best among all wide receivers. So um, kind of like Christian Kirk to be the top scoring Jaguars wide receiver this week, um, if given the choice between him and Calvin Ridley. I like it. I, I think we, we, nailed the Jaguars uh offense here I like it I think we did yeah I think we're we're, we're gonna watch Monday Night Football and feel pretty good about it um but yeah that is going to wrap up our week 13 preview episode um thank you very much everybody for listening or watching on YouTube however you do it um hopefully again you can get all those lineups set for these crucial final weeks of the fantasy regular season it is almost fantasy playoff time so make sure you leave no stone unturned when it comes to setting those optimal lineups and hopefully we helped you do that and a huge thank you to Kate as well for going through it all with me Kate really appreciate you coming on dropping knowledge on the folks this week great stuff um please let everybody know what else you have up on pff.com this week and where they could find more of your work. Yeah, as John mentioned, I've got the uh, rushes and touches report from last week, breaking down the most interesting backfields uh, and what their usage from week 12 might mean moving forward. Um, I've got the panic or antic report also covering some interesting storylines from week 12. And then on Friday, I will have uh, some last minute, uh, you know, high upside plays that you can slot into your flex, uh, you know, maybe stream at quarterback. Uh, one surprising name in there that I think you're going to want to check out. Um, but yeah, check that out uh, on Fridays over at PFF. Awesome. Yeah, very much looking forward to that. And then as for me, as always, IDP Fantasy Report is up right now. IDP rankings are up. The wide receiver man zone coverage report is out as well. And I will have the offensive line, defensive line uh, matchups to target and avoid out Friday morning as well. Um, but that's it for us. Enjoy Cowboys and Seahawks tonight. Good luck in week 13. And until next time, peace out.